What is up, gamers? Welcome back to another episode of the Aggressively OK Podcast. I'm I'm your wise guy host, Joseph Salamone, and I'm joined by my wise guy co-host. Yeah, what's the big deal? That's the most I'm doing. Um, my name's Adam Sidorius. I'm, uh, you know what? I, I gotta say, I didn't tell Joe this before we recorded, but um, I just watched Popstar right before we finished. Did you like the best the best Scorsese movie? Yeah, the best Scorsese. He's an EP on it, by the way. Um, No, I've seen it a billion times. My girlfriend Mia had never seen it before. She didn't even know what it was. And uh, she's like, I want to watch a comedy tonight. And I'm like, oh, boy, do I have the movie for you? (laughs) And uh, it was great. And I thought of Joseph the entire time. But I thought I would tell him live on pod that I watched. Did she like it? She loved it. That's good. That's good. She yeah. loved it. Um, I, I I love you. I love doing this podcast with you. And <laughs> the thing I love more than doing this podcast is doing with Dane Futrell. How are you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. I was I was gonna do the whole New York accent thing, but it kind of fell off. So I'm just me tonight. <laughs> and you know what? That's enough for us, buddy. That's enough for us. <laughs> um, so we wanted to have Dane on this episode because I mean, you're a pretty big Scorsese fan, right? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Scorsese guy. Um, do you remember what the first Scorsese movie you watched was? Ooh, I actually don't. If I can look on Letterboxd real, real quick, I can get back to you on that, though. Yeah, I mean, Joey, do you want to tell your story while Dane looks? Um, I think the first one I saw, I, I think I might have seen parts of uh, The Aviator when I was younger. But I think the first one I saw, like, knowing, like, Martin Scorsese was the director uh was uh goodfellas was probably the first one i watched and then hugo was the first one i saw in theaters so um yeah i have the exact same story as you joe like i <laughs> saw goodfellas is one of my mom's favorite movies of all time so like it's I my remember, dad's favorite so <laughs> yeah i think it's my mom like my mom's like top two of all time are like when harry met sally and goodfellas and she showed me both at a very young age <laughs> and i remember one day like i think it was a few months before hugo came out actually like she just was like oh it's on tv you should watch this movie um and sure enough i loved it even at like at age 13 like i thought it was great mm-hmm. um and then seeing hugo just a few months later not even really knowing it was scorsese um was still great to me uh dang did you I, find yeah ago? i found mine i remember specifically clips of gangs of new york just being on tv like every single week <laughs> while mm-hmm. i was growing up because that movie is just broadcasted like all the time so that was the first one that i like sat down and watched but Knowing that Scorsese was the the director, it's either Raging Bull or Taxi Driver because I watched those in like early high school when I started getting into film. Yeah, I think the first one that I like made an effort to go watch because it was Scorsese was probably either I I think same exact thing. I can't remember if it was Raging Bull or Taxi Driver. I know it was one of the two, and I know I watched both like in a close window with each other because I, I like how we all have the same story. Like we all like we're like oh the art of film's a thing. And then we like mm-hmm. go try to find their most like uh, acclaimed movie, and uh, that those are definitely the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to do this pod uh, mostly because I don't know we've been doing a lot of director brackets lately, and we just haven't had one for Scorsese yet, which feels like an insult to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also in celebration for Black Widow getting delayed to 2021. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We would celebrate the daddy. Uh, the yeah, no Marvel in 2020. Film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no Marvel 2020, baby. We got to celebrate. 
Um, so, boys, uh, do you have the bracket pulled up? Yes, um, I do. Yes, I do. And do you guys have it in presentation mode or matchup mode, whatever it's called? I believe I do. I okay. have it in uh, sicko mode, I believe. Oh, okay. That's even better, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I hear, like, when we finish the bracket on sicko mode, it does the stanky leg for us. Hell yeah. Does it do the Stanley leg as well? It does this. Well, you have to pay an extra uh, premium fee. Oh, okay. That. That's it's like, sense. it's like Mulan on Disney Plus. You gotta pay an extra <laughs> for that. I actually um, don't have the bracket mode option. It just says Joey's a little stinker boy instead of matchup mode. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they, they posted about they were having technical issues. So that's probably what that is. Uh, okay. I'll, I mean, I'll I'll I'm not a stinker, so I don't know why it would. I don't know why it would. I don't know why it would. Uh, I don't even. I don't even know why. I don't. <laughs> I don't know why he would say that. <laughs> He's denying the allegations of being a stinker right now. Yeah. Live on, pod. I'm gonna, uh, on pod, I'm going to say this. You can quote me on this. I am not a little stinker. Do the Stanley leg. Do the Stanley <laughs> leg. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, buddy, like, you, if you sabotage this one, I'm, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with you. Like, like, if you have a secret plan tonight... I'm not kidding, Joey. I'm going to come to your house and fucking murder you. There are some of these that I don't really know the answer to yet, so I don't have a plan tonight, because this is a really tough bracket, because <laughs> okay. he's such a good director. Oh, I just want to um, explain like how this is seated. Uh, so uh, before we get started, I want to say, if you want to play along with us, I'm going to leave the uh, link to the bracket in the uh, description on the pod. But uh, before we get started, I want to say, like I if you go, I usually go by average rating on Letterboxd to seed these. Um, but the issue is Scorsese has done so many documentaries that they were just too jumbled up with like Taxi Driver and Goodfellas. So I went by film popularity, like his, uh, what is it, like 16? Uh, on mm. each, yeah, 16 yep. most notable films, like the m- people have seen the most. And then I took those 16 and then added those by popular uh, or uh, uh, average rating on Letterboxd. So I thought that was a good way to do it. Um, if anyone's angry at me, uh, at Murphy Kenevic, um, <laughs> please let me know. But I think I did a pretty good job at seating because Joseph's already sweating about it. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> That's how you know it's good. Exactly. Um, all right, boys, let's get started. Uh, the first one we have, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not that difficult, uh, but it's Cape Fear and Taxi Driver. Um, Dane, I'll let you start with this one. Okay, so I, Cape Fear was one of the first ones that I watched specifically for this podcast because I hadn't seen it in high school or anything like that when I was starting to study film more. And when I was watching it, it just seemed like one of Scorsese's longer movies, even though it's actually one of his shortest. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that was just like the pacing of the film or what was really going on there, but I, it's almost a no contest for me because Taxi Driver is like a, like a paramount pillar of cinema that i just respect and adore with everything so that's where my vote is gonna go yeah i um my vote is obviously taxi driver but i i watched cape fear for the first time just like dane did for the pod and i've heard bad things about it uh for the past like year because it's just always been a scorsese blind spot for me and like for the past year specifically i've been kind of thinking like i need to see cape fear like i just get it over with um, but I've had like friends tell me like, no, dude, it sucks. Like it's his worst movie. I, I liked it. It was, it mm. was fun. Like it was, it's a very, it's, it's extremely goofy. Like I was not prepared for how campy this movie is. Mm-hmm. And De Niro is doing something 
that I've never seen from him before in this movie. <laughs> um, but I enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was a really fun, like, thriller, which I've, like, I don't think he's ever done, like, a B movie before. Um, but it kind of felt like a Scorsese expertly directed B movie. And mm-hmm. I, and I liked it for that. Um, but that being said, it's no taxi driver still. Uh, cause it's just a classic and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it more mm-hmm. when it goes up against a more worthy opponent. Um, but yeah, so it's tax driver for me. Um, Joey, I know we already have a pick, but you want to go ahead and. Yeah, I, I like Cape. I think Cape Pier is pretty fun. Uh, I like Robert De Niro a lot in that film. I think it's really nice. I think it's cool to see Scorsese do horror kind of tackle different genres, but I think, I mean, uh, like Taxi Driver is one of the best movies ever made, so that's really no contest. It's uh, I mean I'm sorry Cape Fear, but it's gonna be Taxi Driver. <laughs> um okay, I'll start with this next one. We're moving on to Casino versus Silence. Um Casino is also one that I saw for the first time uh, for the for the pod. Um I've seen bits and pieces of it before, but I've never like fully sat down and watched like the entire three hours of it. Like I knew how it ended. And I've seen, like, I think I've seen most of the movie, but I've never fully watched it until this past week. And uh, it it's good, but I feel like it's very by the numbers. And that's not necessarily a bad thing when it comes to Scorsese. Um, it's just not, I don't know, like, it never, like, it felt like it was the best of, like, now this is what I call Scorsese. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it felt like to me and that's still a it's probably a still a good movie but like i just i i wasn't really affected by it whereas silence i remember loving and uh i just adore that movie with all my heart i think it has amazing performances and i think it's one of his most underrated movies by far so my vote goes to silence by a long shot um so yeah i'll joey i'll let you go next um, I really like Casino a lot. I think there's some really great, I think, you know, there's so many really great sequences in it and he, it's, it's gorgeously shot. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer is the actress in it, right? That's her name. Um, Michelle... no, Sharon, isn't it Sharon Stone? It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking, you were thinking Cape Fear, Joey. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, but I think, um, uh, Sharon, is Sharon Stone's the actress? Yeah. I think she's really mm-hmm. good in the film. Um, I think I like Joe Pesci a lot. It's, uh, I think it's. Casino, it, it's weird because there's like, I mean, the scene in the the corn, the corn is it the cornfield? I don't remember. But the oh, scene at the is, end. Yeah, at the end is an is an incredible sequence, and yeah. I think there's so much, there's so many really great parts in it. It's a it's a particularly brutal film. I it's a lot it's a lot more violent I think than a lot of his other films are. But yeah. I, I think I, it's it it it's weird because this one it's a really good movie. I watched this one uh back in the day when I was like first watching Scorsese films, um, and it's uh, I. Sorry, uh, give me a second. Um, I yeah, I watched it back in the day. I don't know, sorry, but I, I watched it back in the day, and it's it's a good film. Uh, but I think uh, Silence is just uh, probably his most underrated film because it's such a, a devastating masterpiece. I think it's super. I really loved. I'm kind of a, a Silence stan. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think Andrew Garfield gives one of the best performances of the past decade. I think he deserved the Oscar over Casey Affleck, and I oh, think. Although, I do have to bring up though. You do you remember this was one of your moonlights? I did fall asleep the first time I saw Silence. I can admit it, but oh, I was uh, even talking about that. I I meant like it was a seven out of ten. I didn't know you fell asleep. I did fall asleep during Silence the first time I saw it, but the second time I saw it, it was just so darn quiet. It was just so darn quiet (laughs) the whole time. What can I say? My only gripe with Silence 
and it's seriously my only flaw with it is the title card at the beginning and, and it's like microsoft word like when it card cuts to silence like do you guys remember what it looks like mm-hmm. it looks no, really I bad i can't say i do it just looks like microsoft word like yeah like zone Someone put up like a, a PowerPoint slide real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad uh, and an otherwise masterpiece. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, uh, I just I absolutely love Silence. I quote it like all the time. I'm always saying apostasize, apostasize, and I always I love uh, Liam Neeson when he goes, "If you want to pray, pray, but pray with your eyes open." I love that part. That's the best line of the movie. I love the whole movie. The whole movie is is an, it feels like I'm praying to Silence. Adam Driver's in it. It's such a great film. Yeah, um, Dane, just, I, I know we already uh, picked the winner, but do you want to tell us your answer anyway? Yeah, I mean, I'm on the same page that you guys are. I, I totally agree with you, Adam, about Casino, seeing that it's like sort of a run-of-the-mill Scorsese. It's like exactly what you would expect from a Scorsese movie, and that's not yeah. necessarily to discredit it. If you said that about like any movie, it would be a compliment, you know, but yeah. for, for something like this, I would have to say, I think Silence is in his top tier of his filmography, like easily top five, maybe top three for me. And Joey has been telling me to watch this movie forever, and I never hmm. did until this week. And I didn't want to bring oh, wow. it up, really, but I I really, really like Silence. So that's where my vote is going to go to, because Adam Driver and Andrew Garfield and Liam Neeson and No Score. What? Yes. What? Yeah. Movie. Yeah, I mean, I uh, that scene... Uh, or even like just like that idea, like when they're like being crucified, mm-hmm. uh, and oh, like yeah. they're like on the waves or whatever. Oh, that's such mm-hmm. a hard scene to watch. The oh mythological and like religious and spiritual context that that movie exists in between is kind of insane to put into scope. It's like having that idea is crazy in and of itself, but being able to execute that is, you know, insane. And there's so many. The the sequence where he when he when he eventually does step on the thing and he falls on the ground and just all of the sound is cut it's just such a it's such a good it's just it's it, he's such a an old man but he's like this like silence is like a fucking freight train it's such a good film and I, this is a film that he was developing for like twenty was it like twenty or thirty years he didn't think he was ready to make it in his youth so he waited till he was old enough well, and it's just you- such a it's such a well done film. Apparently, yeah, because he was uh, developing it for, like, ever, like, since before Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And then making The Wolf of Wall Street and all the debauchery in that movie compelled him to, like, do that, <laughs> apparently, which I think is really funny. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and they filmed this, uh, like, Silence, like, almost uh, two years before it came out. Like, it was in post-production forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember, like, that movie going IMDb, like a, like, a few months after Wolf of Wall Street was out. And they went to production, like, right away. And then they just touted it all the way to, like, late 2016, early 2017. Mm-hmm. And like, then the Oscars completely fucking ignored it. <laughs> which is nuts, because it was, I think, almost... I mean, the only things at the Oscars that year that were, like, as good was, like, Moonlight and La La Land. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me, like, fucking Hidden Figures or Lion were, like, better than Silence. Yeah. Lion was pretty good, though. <laughs> no, good movie, but it's, no, it's not better than Silence. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> um... <laughs> The, yeah, I don't, this isn't an Oscar pod. I don't want to go on a tangent, but um, okay. So silence wins that one. I'm really happy you guys are on the same page. I wasn't sure how you guys felt, so I'm I'm really glad. No, I'm a huge um, silence stand. Yeah. Um. All right. So the next one is Gangs of New York versus Raging Bull. Joey, I'll let you go first. 
So I had to watch Gangs of New York was one I had to watch for the pod, and I watched it. I think Gangs of New York is a really good, really fucking stupid movie. Like this, it's like <laughs> I don't like it. I no, I like it because it's a good movie, and the performances are good. It's well shot. The production design is immaculate. It's just kind of stupid. Like I don't know what. Like I just don't. <laughs> just the way you said that. It's kind of stupid. It's just kind of stupid. stupid, and it's like this. I mean, the soundtrack really does not work for me. I think it's a bad choice, and I think. I mean, it ends with U two over the. Credits. Yeah, it ends with U two, and I think the kind of <laughs> it's just like a. It's. I'm just like. I'm just like. Okay. Like the whole. I think it's a good. It's like well done and shit. But it's like. I'm like, I don't know, guys. I don't know about this one. But I uh, and Raging Bull is a, is a great film. I have some issues with the film. I think. But I think overall, you know, the cinematography is immaculate. Uh, Robert De Niro gives an all-time performance, and it's a it's it's the film that saved Scorsese's life. So, I'm going to vote with Raging Bull on this one. Uh, you can go next, Dan. Okay, sweet. Uh, I'm gonna agree with Joey here. I ha- I recently had to watch Raging Bull for a philosophy class that I was in a couple semesters ago, and um, it kind of opened my eyes to how much I really did love and enjoy this film, mainly because they the emotional manipulation that's displayed here isn't something that Scorsese really touches on too much in his other movies, like the domestic uh, manipulation. And I think that in this movie, that's like a prime example of that kind of storytelling. And, you know, it's also like great fight sequences and a great character study. But I think this is like one of his most full and most, I don't know, it just delivers on all points for me. And I can't say that the other film really does that. So my vote is also going to go to Raging Bull, even though Gangs of New York was one of the first Scorsese's that I watched, I gotta agree, if you close a movie out with U2, even if it's period, it's not as good of a film as you think (laughs) it is. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, I want to say before I inevitably vote for Raging Bull, um, Mm -hmm. I do want to defend Gangs of New York for a second. Um, I I liked, I just saw it for the first time uh, this past week. Um, I really like it. It's it's a really fun movie. Um, I don't think it's stupid. I, I think it's a little cheesy <laughs> at times, but I think a lot of it's intentional because I think it was him trying to like make a really entertaining blockbuster that had like a soul to it. And it worked for me. And I, I, I thought everyone was great. I mean, Daniel Day Lewis is uh, the uh, Bill the Butcher, I think his name is. Yes. Uh, fucking next level in that movie. Yeah. He, he, he's so good. Um, and honestly, the relationship between him and Leo's character is like really compelling. Like my only issue really with the movie, other than like some cokey dialogue here and there, is that it's way too long. Like it doesn't have to be two and a half hours. It, like it really doesn't have to be that long. That could be a 90 minute movie, to be honest. It really it could have probably been better at that. Um, but I was really entertained by it. Um I honestly, if it was sh- like an hour shorter, I probably would have like given it a five out of five. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think it's a really good movie. But Raging Bull is just—I mean, everything you guys said is on point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like top five Scorsese for me, even though I acknowledge it's one of his most technical, uh, technically accomplished movies. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of hard to watch, which I get to the point. But it's like it has like zero replay value in my opinion. Yeah, um, and I, I think it's one of those films, I think there's so many really great, like, brilliant choices. Like, just the the whole concept of the ring and what he's able to do with that is, is really, yeah. really, just genuinely compelling. And I think the performance is great, and the the character of, uh, what's the character's name? I'm blanking on his Jake. name. 
Jake LaMotta. Jake LaMotta. The character of Jake LaMotta is is one of the best characters. You know, this is one of the best character studies ever. He just does such a great job. Like, the story that they're trying to tell here is just, it's like a perfectly executed film. It's just, it is a bit hard to, it, I'm not really hankering to rewatch it. I'm not rushing out to buy it on Blu-ray anytime soon. And I think a lot of the ideas that he's kind of working on, he's kind of mulling over in this film, he kind of does them better in later films. And I think that's kind of a common theme. With a lot of Scorsese's earlier films are really good. He's just done them better later in his career. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when I say there's no replay value, I don't think that's like indicative of the quality of the film by any means. Like that's not me saying, oh, it's a lesser film because I can't watch it with the boys. Like mm-hmm. no, like I don't want to watch *Raging Bull* with the boys. I get it, but it's it's really hard to watch, which makes me it hard for me to like personally like love it with all my heart. But I contend it's an incredible film. Like it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Like also it, written by Paul Schrader, so we have to. Give oh, it <laughs> I I did not know that. Wow. Um, also, to be fair, I have not seen Raging Bull in probably like four years, so I, <laughs> I probably should have rewatched it. And did they? You're like, to be fair, I haven't seen Raging Bull, so I don't really know. <laughs> 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 to be fair, I've never seen a what's his name? Scor Scorsese. Scorsese? I've never Scorsese. Scorsese. I don't know. You yeah. yeah, never. S- oh, he's the fish from like, Shark Tale. Okay. Oh, he's the fish oh, from Shark Tale. Okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. he directed Kundum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he directed Who's Knocking at My Door. Gotcha. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so Raging Bull wins that round. Um, and with that, we're going to move on to what I think is probably maybe the most difficult lineup for me personally. Um, the Departed versus The Aviator. Um, uh <laughs> This one, I can start this one if you want. Yeah, I was gonna try to like have a flow going, but you can go first because I don't actually know yet. So th- I had to watch The Aviator for the podcast. I had never seen it, and this film gets kind of shit on a lot. People kind of make fun Does of it, it? And say it's boring. Yeah, I hear a lot yeah. of shit about The Aviator, and I watched it, and The Aviator is banging, dude. This movie yeah. is great. There's some dated CGI, but other than that, this is an excellent film. Uh, uh, Leo gives one of his best performances. Uh, fucking Kate Blanchett is awesome in it. Willem Dafoe shows up for no reason. Uh, <laughs> Adam Scott is in it quite a lot. Uh, Jude Law has one scene. Like this is such a big ensemble epic. Like it's such a it's an American epic. You know he does such a great job with so much of the material. The script is really sharp, and I, I really do. I really I really love the I really loved it. Uh, but that being said. The Departed, The Departed, baby. I'm gonna. The Departed is 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 a masterpiece. I think you know, it's such a an iconic film for a reason. And I I I'm giving it the slightest of edges. I think these two movies are actually pretty on par in quality, though. I don't think there's that big of a of a divide between the two of them. But I would just I think, The Departed has a bit more replay value for me. And I think I'm I kind of. That film kind of just I think packs a bit heavier of a punch than The Aviator does. But I really fucking love The Aviator. Uh, Dane, you can go next. Until Joe just gave that like low-key amazing pitch for why the Aviator is good, <laughs> I, I just looked up like the full cast list because I haven't seen this movie in like three or so years, and just the amount of names on this list are insane. Mm-hmm. Like Joey didn't even get around to mentioning John C. Riley, Alan Who's Alda, great in it. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and Alec Baldwin. That is <laughs> Jude Law. And, yeah, Jude yeah. Law, Gwen Stefani. This is like a ridiculously great cast, but. 
for me, I, when I watched the aviator, I watched it in high school. Like, I think I, I had a substitute teacher for like two classes in a row and I watched this and, um, I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily boring, but, a and I don't want to call it one dimensional either, but it's just so hard to say that this film is anything compared to The Departed because The Departed mm -hmm. is so much of everything at the same time to where I, it's not even necessarily a comparison for me because, uh, as we all know, I suck Jack Nicholson's dick all the time <laughs> and any performance that he gives, I think is like one of the most eccentric, electric, amazing performances ever. And this is very indicative of that because even when Jack Nicholson is old and like crusty, he still brings the fucking a game every time this mm -hmm. performance is insane. And so are the other performances like Mark Wahlberg good in a movie. That's, that's <laughs> something right there. Cause yeah, that never happens. <laughs> that like never happens anymore ever. So yeah, yeah my vote is also going to go to that. To the departed. The departed boy. The departed. Yeah. I, um, once again, before I vote for what's obviously going to win, um, I do want to say The Aviator. Joe said this is one of Leo's best performances. I, I would go as far as to say it, it is his best performance, in my opinion. Um, like Ooh, That's the, a hot take. That's, that's a hot take. take. <laughs> that's a hot I mean, take. This one's I mean, physical, boys. <laughs> I, I think the way he, like, genuinely really portrays um, his OCD in the film and, like, his just vision like it's his ocd mixed with his hyperfixation on like making his art and like designing the perfect plane and everything like doing all these different things like it's just such a great blend of character and like he like that scene in the bathroom where he's like washing his hands mm -hmm. is like one of the best scenes in the movie just because like he's like scrubbing really hard and he's just like he can't get it clean enough and that just perfectly sums up the character of how like he works so hard at something but he mm -hmm. can never feel satisfied no matter how clean or like how perfected it is and like that's like just why i love that movie so much because it's just like this movie about an artist constantly working at something that even though it is perfectly like uh detailed he just can't get it right in his eyes and I, there's just something about Scorsese directing that, like seeing that lens from a master filmmaker is so unique to me. I, and um, I love I it. Have, I have kind of a fun fact for you, Adam. Mm -hmm. um, that specific scene is why Scorsese agreed to do the film. There's a really good podcast, not a podcast, it's like an hour long interview where they just sit and they talk for like 45 minutes about the aviator. And basically Leo had the script for like, five years before the movie got made and he was kind of the leading force developing it and he wanted to get Scorsese onto the film and uh Scorsese said that he thought that that film that scene in particular encapsulated all of the themes of the film perfectly and that's why he wanted to do the film so um, you guys are he here first guys I'm on the same wavelength as Scorsese as Scorsese and he left do you guys know in the heart of the sea yeah yeah he left that film to do this film so Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, Ron Howard that. took over, like, halfway through, right? Uh, well, the, the, uh, he, took over, he, he took over halfway through. There was a bunch of people kind of tossing but through uh, that film, the uh, In the Heart of the Sea movie. He took over eventually, but it wasn't, like, right after Scorsese left. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think, while I think In the Heart of the Sea or even just Moby Dick movie from Scorsese would have been fucking banging. Mm -hmm. um i'm so happy he made this movie because i think 
I would say it might be his most underrated movie. Other like, I mean, it it's I don't know, like it doesn't between that and Silence, I don't really know what to pick. I think mm-hmm. I'd have to like genuinely like look at how many like the average rating and stuff. But they're both like killer movies that I feel like no one really talks about anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, both movies that I would give like ten out of tens to. Um, but that being said, it The Departed is The Departed. Like it, yeah. It's it's fucking perfect. Like it, it was his Oscar. What are we supposed to? We can't ignore it. <laughs> I mean, and it's also like it's everything I just said about the Aviator. Like it's all these like great themes and amazing performances. Like I mean, Jack Nicholson like dance. Like he he's fucking killer in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean the I mean I know it's the scene in the movie, but the scene at the bar between him and Leo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's like just pointing the gun. Like vicious. That's like a primal, prim- mm-hmm. like primitive scene. It's, I. Mm. I remember watching that the first time when I was like 15 and just being like, I mean, obviously I was like amazed by it, but like, I remember like I thought about it for like a month straight after I saw mm-hmm. it. Cause like, I was like, that's, that's filmmaking baby. Like that's why, that's why we do it. And I don't know, man. Like, it, and the thing is like, it's all those things, all those deep themes and all these like amazing filmmaking techniques, like brought into one movie. And also, it's just really fucking entertaining, too. Yeah, I was about to say, and it's also fucking awesome. Like, it's, like, it's this really kind of deep film about, it's got so many themes about, like, it's, it's you know, there's, and there's so many intersecting storylines. It's such a big ensemble cast, but it also, like, it just fucking kicks ass. It's just such a fun fucking movie to watch. The cinema, the, uh, I was, I watched it for the other, uh, the other day for the first, not for the first time, but for the first time in a while, and I was like, I was kind of like, holy shit, this movie is fucking nuts. Like the ed- Thelma's uh, editing in this film is absolutely insane. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really bonkers film. It's a, it's a, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm, I'm, while I was like hesitant to pick The Departed over The Aviator, I think you guys talked me out of it. Yeah. Um. It, it was it, funny because as Dane was talking about The uh, Departed, I was like, oh, it's definitely The Departed. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I think hearing you guys talk about The Departed made me like ease up a little bit more but i it's i think it's just because i like i just guard the aviator so close to my heart because <laughs> i really do love it but uh the departed's very much worthy of i'm surprised how high you guys are on the aviator like some of my friends that i like had that i know have seen that like aren't really as into it as you guys are you guys are making me rethink it a little bit i i would suggest rewatching it i think it it, like I said, it's a masterpiece in my eyes. I think it's a perfect movie. So I'll give it another watch with my film boy renewed eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, boys. Next, we're going all the way back to Taxi Driver versus uh, Silence. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll 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 go first for this one. I'll, I'll I'll pull the bandaid off. Um, listen, Silence had a good run. All right. <laughs> we we got it further than most brackets <laughs> would, all right? We did good by it. But it's 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 taxi driver. Like come on. Like it what like what do you want me to do? Vote for silence? Like <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I don't know. Like it's taxi driver. Like it's his like it's 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 taxi like do I have to say That's anything the else? Movie. That's the movie. That's it's, the movie. It's the titular role. Like I <laughs> like I don't know what I like I feel like I just that's it. That's all I'm gonna say. It's taxi driver. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, um, Dan, you can go next if you want. Uh, this is way harder than I thought it would be, and I know that I'm just gonna break Joe's like sweet little oh. <laughs> film boy heart right now. But um, you talking to me? <laughs> you talking to me, dude? Okay, if we okay, I have to explain this to Joey because I know his like jaws on the ground right now. 
think about all of the iconic sequences in Taxi Driver that are already immortalized, that are never going to die. Some of Silence, it's still iconic and influential, but it's not going to be immortal. You yeah, know? I know. Taxi I'm Driver is immortal. Taxi Driver 2, I'm just not happy about it. I mean, I'm happy about it because it's like Taxi Driver is a better movie. But I just love Silence so much. I wish I got a lot more credit than it. I think it. I think it deserves a lot more credit than it gets. But I and it's. I mean, Taxi Driver is one of the best. I said it at the beginning. It's one of the best films ever made. Every single scene in it is iconic. I. I every time I, I show it to people quite frequently because it's on Netflix, so I can always pop it on. And every everybody I show it to is just kind of the once the credit the credits roll, me just kind of everybody just sits kind of silently and it's just like shit. Like that's fucking. It's. Ta- I mean, it's fucking Taxi Driver. What the fuck else am I supposed to say? Like, mm-hmm. it's so the score is absolutely amazing. Robert De Niro gives one of the best performances of all time. Paul Schrader's script is one of the best scripts of all time, and I mean Martin Scorsese's direction is some of the best direction of all time. It's just it's an all timer film. It really it's a it's a real testament to his to Scorsese's talent and everybody involved. And although I love Silence, it would be a bit blasphemous for me to to vote Taxi Driver out in the second round. <laughs> I I'm curious. Uh, well, you, this is like a little bit of a tangent, but I'm curious. What would you guys say is uh, De Niro's best performance of all time? I'd probably say Jake LaMotta Joey. in Raging Bull. I would either say, ah, ah, um, probably, <laughs> I mean, Taxi Driver is probably my favorite of his performances. I, I kind of go between Taxi Driver and Deer Hunter. I've never um, seen Deer Hunter, so. He's, have you seen it, Dane? Yeah, the movie makes me really, really sad just thinking about the the movie's fucked up psychologically yeah he's phenomenal in it like it's i i think he's like next level in that movie um by the way we're doing a war with grandpa episode next week (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um all right so i i know that what about the intern yeah, the intern is my favorite. Okay, unironically, a very good movie. Like, I'm not even kidding. I like the intern. Dave, I was looking for like one like obscure De Niro movie that I knew wasn't acclaimed so that I could make a joke about, but I guess that didn't even land. So I'm sorry. Dirty Grandpa, anyone? Yeah. Oh, damn no it! That's what I should have said. The family uh, hunting killing season with John Travolta. <laughs> uh oh yeah that one's real bad uh, it, it's so i mean i know people kind of talk about it but it's so sad to see these kind of like legendary actors just do dog shit now like i mean like al pacino and robert de niro like hadn't like the irishman was their first like really good i mean uh, robert de niro had uh fucking silver Lang's playbook but like what has al since he what has al pacino done that's good you know the irishman yeah, I mean, I, I, it was the Irishman was the last good fucking. It was like a ten year gap of like just just nothing movies, you know. Um, he was from... also he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh yeah, he's in that first scene. <laughs> Did you see for... Danny Collins? Danny Collins was like a really good movie that no one saw. I didn't see it, so maybe I maybe it's my fault that their careers have gone to shit. I, like seeing... his entire career is made out of playing like either dirty cops or like mobsters or something or a politician mm-hmm. but in Al- in uh, Danny Collins he plays like a dad like a he's a musician that's like a disgraced dad uh his uh, son in the movie is Bobby Cannavale and it's just like about their relationship and it's a really sweet movie and like I haven't quite seen anything like that from Pacino before where it's just like a tinder like really sweet performance but it's a really good movie. I recommend it for anyone. Uh, Not curious. to detract from the pod too much, but um, I'll ask the question: De Niro or Pacino? Oof, that's uh, 
I'm a hardcore De Niro. I, I, I definitely say De Niro in that argument. I, I'm going to agree with you. I, it, uh, same, but, like, I'm not happy about having to pick. Like, I just think... Yeah, I, fuck you, Joey. You know... <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like it's America. It's like film boy dads. Like that. That's our dads. Like both yeah. of them are there. We have to pick our favorite parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. That's that's really tough. I mean, but then again, could I, I think uh, Pacino could do War with Grandpa, but could De Niro do Duncanino? I don't think so. That, I mean, De Niro, but saying. De Niro's in uh, Sunshine or not Sunshine is in uh, Stardust, and he does a really kind of Duncanino esque performance. You got me there. Stardust is pretty good. Um, okay, I'm going to move the pot along because yeah. we're going to go down a deeper rabbit hole. Uh, if we keep he's going. the responsible host. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right, so the next one. Uh, wow. Uh, it's Raging Bull versus The Departed. Uh, God Dane. fucking damn it. Um, uh, uh, oh, man. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I'm just going to say Raging Bull and just let you guys explain i can't put it into words besides i feel raging bull but i can't explain why because at this point this is just making my head hurt <laughs> um i'll i'll just say the departed for me because i think they're both pretty equal in terms of quality and again like i said not that replay value is indicative of quality by any measure whatsoever but if i have to have a tiebreaker here I would much rather watch The Departed again than The Raging Bull because it's just, it's really fun. It's a good movie. Like, it's a great, fun movie. And Raging Bull, like, makes me really sad every time I watch it. Um, so I'll say The Departed. Uh, so, Joey, you get to you get to decide what wins. I get the tiebreaker here. Dane texted, when I sent him the bracket, he texted me. Uh, he text, uh, one of the, he was like, this, uh, this, this, these are impossible. And I, I definitely think that's evident here where it's, these are just impossible choices to make. I'm going to give the edge to The Departed just uh. because I think, I'm sorry, Dane, but I'm going <laughs> to give the edge to The Departed just because it's, I think, I, I think Departed is just kind of it's it's one of those movies where it's like Scorsese's flexing on us where he's just like look how good I am at making movies and I just love The Departed but I, I'm I ah uh, but I also Raging Bull is Raging Bull but uh, uh I'm gonna do Departed just because John uh, Jack Nicholson's in it and I like him when he I like when he has the hand and I like when he I mean there's no <laughs> dildo in uh, Raging Bull so I'm gonna give it to The Departed on that oh, one. That's a really good point. <laughs> It's like I'm actually gonna change my vote to the department. Yeah, just because of that, I'm changing. <laughs> I mean, we are the horny police. On the yeah. <laughs> um. All right, boys. I know that was tough, but the, I'm proud of you guys for doing but it. But the next one is tougher. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the next one is Jesus Christ. Uh, Taxi Driver versus The Departed. Joe, you gotta do. Th- I can't do it. I. <laughs> you gotta go. I think. I'll say this. I think The Departed is one of uh, Scorsese's. Uh, one of I think is one of Scorsese's best films, but Taxi Driver is one of the greatest films of all time. So I'm gonna vote for Taxi Driver just because it's fucking Taxi Driver, and uh, that's all I. I think that's all. That's really whenever you talk about Taxi Driver, that's all you have to say is it's Taxi Driver. Dane, go for it. Okay. So I'm just going to say that both of these are some of the best movies of all time. You know, they kind of fit in the context of all of worldly cinema as very notable, like, titans of the industry. 
and it doesn't even like just need to be reduced to the director like these are two of the best movies ever regardless of like a filmography to define it and I'd say there's like a half of a flaw in Departed it's like it's not even like a whole flaw like it's like 0.02 points that I can deduct from a 10 that could like give the edge slightly to taxi driver and that's i guess what i have to go on in in this scenario so my vote's also going to be for taxi driver um yeah my vote was also for taxi driver i just didn't want to say it um yeah taxi driver it's taxi driver um well again just like raging bull versus the departed i would rather watch the departed than watch taxi driver again um taxi driver is genuinely i think one of the top 10 most influential films of all time like mm-hmm. uh like the i mean l- watch joker and come back to me like mm-hmm. <laughs> like i don't know um so okay that hurt but i'm, I'm glad we got to do it um all right the next deep one... breath take a deep breath <sighs> okay <laughs> so this next one um is uh hugo versus goodfellas uh dane i'll let you start with this one I'm just glad this is, like, so much easier than everything else we've had to do for, like, the past 15 minutes. I mean, I can just go ahead and say Hugo wins this round, right, guys? Yeah, so, yeah, I agree with Adam. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I completely disagree with you two. I think Goodfellas is much better. <laughs> Wait, never mind. I think Joe, I think Joe sold me. I, I think... Yeah, Joe made a really good point about how Goodfellas <laughs> was better than Hugo, so I'm going to agree with him this time. I, wait, Joe, would you go as far to say like Goodfellas is a great movie? I think I would say that Goodfellas uh, is one of the kind of uh, best films of all time. And oh. I think uh, I also think that uh, Hugo is not. So that's probably my decision. <laughs> this one. OK, I'm going to go um, with Goodfellas on this one. I'll say this about Hugo, which I actually love Hugo. I think it's a very sweet movie. And also, I do love that Martin Scorsese has technically directed a Nickelodeon movie, because it is a Nickelodeon movie. Oh my god, it is. I love that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I love that movie. And also, it has, like, I think it's one of the best 3D movies I've ever seen in a theater. Like, uh, I remember, like, just the detail of the snow coming out of the screen was, like, really yes. good. Uh, yeah, it's a banger movie. It's really sweet. It's a love letter to cinema, and also just get love letter to family. And I think it's a very sweet. I think it's his only kids movie, right? I mean, Kingdom yeah. is technically a kids movie, which I have not seen, uh, mm-hmm. by the way. So Last Temptation of Christ is also a kids movie. Yeah, um, yeah, Color of Money I hear is a kids movie too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, it it's good, fellas. Obviously, I mean, it's just like Taxi Driver, like. Do you have to say anything else? Yeah. Hugo's cute. I, the book is really good. Um, and I think Sasha Baron Cohen's funny in it. I hope they work together again. That'd be cool. Uh, but, uh, but he actually directed Borat, too. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Cool. I, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that one went by fast. Um, okay, Joey, I'll let you start with the next one. Uh, mean Streets versus King of Comedy. Now, earlier I was talking about how... Um, uh, a lot of Scorsese's early films are really good. He just did them better in the future. And I think Mean Streets is a perfect example of that. I think Mean Streets is a really, really good movie. I think the performances are great. It's got a lot of really, uh, he's the way, what he's able to do, the themes of the film are really, really, uh, are really well developed. And uh, what he's able to do with them and with these characters is really awesome. Uh, but 
it's a really rough movie. Like it's uh, in terms of like editing and like there's like there's just very obvious dubbing issues in the film, mm-hmm. and there's kind of like really the editing is not. I would say the, it almost goes as far as say this is a poorly edited film. Uh, it's probably because it's such an old movie and it was made on such a small budget. So I'm not like shitting on it, but it's just kind of the, the, the these ideas are kind of further developed in other films. There's a lot hey, of are the you Irish- shitting on Mean Street? I'm sorry, guys. I think it's a good movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, The Irishman and Goodfellas and uh, even Taxi Driver really deal with a lot of these type of character, a lot of the same themes that are brought up here. It kind of feels like his like, uh, you know, how Damien Chazelle has that guy in Madeline on a park bench and it's essentially like a like a prototype it's like the first draft of la la land like this kind of feels like the first draft of a lot of his other films mm. um and also king of comedy is perfect so i'm gonna vote for the king of comedy on this one and i think i think king of comedy is his most underrated film um and i think it is a masterpiece and i think it might be uh, it's one of uh, uh rupert pumpkin is one of the best characters he's ever worked with and i think uh de niro is incredible in the film and i think uh so much about this movie is excellent and i'm sure we'll talk about it later more, uh more Dan, do you have a hot take for us um no nothing really too special um i'm gonna agree with joey i had a problem with the editing with this movie and like the, dub- the obvious dubbing issues like you said and, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily a bad movie. It's just one of the first... Col- this is the first collaboration between De Niro and Scorsese, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, and that kind of shows, you know, like, the, you can tell the chemistry between actor and director is not necessarily lacking, but just not as developed as it was in the later films. Mm-hmm. So it very much does seem like a prototype for the rest of his movies that are, like, fucking spectacular. And it kind of exists in the same vein as Casino, where it's, like, kind of a one-dimensional, run-of-the-mill, like, uh, mm-hmm. clean-cut Scorsese movie, you know? And yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree wholeheartedly with Joey when I say King of Comedy is perfect and most definitely his underrated most underrated film ever. And yeah, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, yeah, I also do not have a hot take for this one. Um, I, I think Mean Streets is good, not great. I, I think it's I don't know. Like I wasn't really that compelled by it. I thought it was. I think the ending is really good. Um, yeah. Uh, really good ending. De Niro's great as he always is um harvey keitel really great in the movie mm-hmm. um yeah all around good movie but king of comedy is fucking awesome like it, it i saw that for the first time not for the pod but i just watched it uh for the first time this year and uh yeah it, it i mean it's everything joe's been telling me for an entire year like it, it it's amazing it's hilarious um de niro gives one of the best performances of his career in that movie uh, you can easily see the Joker inspiration like heavily mm-hmm. in King Comedy. Like I would say Joker uh, 2019 is pretty much just Taxi Driver and King Comedy. Like it, that's pretty much what that movie is. And it's not yeah, as good, <laughs> or not as yeah, not as good. But yeah, King Comedy is just one of my favorite movies of all time. Like instantly, as soon as I saw it, like I knew it, and I had a great time watching it. And it's just, I think this is like the easiest pairing so far for me yeah I agree. um yeah okay good so i'm glad we didn't have any hot takes for that one mm-hmm. um all right so the next one is also a pretty easy one in my opinion um curious if we'll you guys just, have let's just push shutter island through okay <laughs> um i'll start Shit. by saying a lot of good mm-hmm. i'll start by saying shutter island just like mean streets good movie i like it a lot it, it's really well done um I have not seen it in like seven years. It's been a minute. 
Um, I remember I saw it when I first came out, rewatched it in high school, and I've never revisited it. Like, I remember every beat to it, and I remember it's very well directed. Um, I, I don't know if you guys agree, but I remember the first, like, 30 minutes are a little bit better than what follows. Like, the build-up to get to the island is yeah. way better than what actually happens on the island. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, um, still, really good movie. Uh, DiCaprio, obviously fantastic in it. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, he's the partner, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I was hoping I remember that correctly. Uh, yeah, he's great too. Uh, Michelle Williams is the wife, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, whoever plays the wife, if it is her, she's yeah, great. Okay, I thought so. Um, yeah. See, I haven't seen this movie in forever, but I, I remember really liking it. That being said, it's it's Wolf of Wall Street, baby. I mean, like, it's. It's just so iconic already. Like it, I know it came out like seven years ago, but it feels really recent still, which mm-hmm. feels weird to me. But I, I remember I saw a Christmas Day with my mom, which <laughs> which was quite an awkward uh, watch. I mean, it literally opens like with him sniffing coke out of a woman's like ass. Like it, it's really it's quite the movie to see on Christmas Day with your mother. Um, but we both loved it. And I have seen it like several times since then. Um, it's maybe one of the only three-hour movies I don't think I ever get tired of watching because mm-hmm. uh, it's so entertaining. And I mean, we can talk all day about DiCaprio's performance. He is obviously amazing in that as he is in everything. But Jonah fucking Hill in this movie. He is so good. Um, I think the Quaalude scene is one of the top five best Scorsese scenes of all time. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he times the comedy and like it's like a 15 to 20 minute comedic scene that I don't think he's ever tried that before uh, with Wall Street. Just like a whole segment of comedy, like just him slowly like getting out of the car and, and able to like use his hands or legs is one of the funniest things. And him trying to choke out Jonah Hill with the phone cord <laughs> is amazing. Um, yeah, it's Wolf of Wall Street. I, I adore this movie with all my heart. Uh, Joey. Um, I really like Shutter Island, actually. I think it's uh, pretty under... People kind of dump on it a lot. They say it's kind of his bad movie, but I think uh, I think it's actually really smart. I think the direction is super smart. He makes a lot of really kind of interesting choices to kind of develop the film. You know, there's kind of intentional errors put into the film to kind of hint that something is not exactly right. You know, there's a, everyone made fun of the, the green screen in the film, but that's a very intentional choice that he made. And I think there's a there's a, there's a lot of really interesting kind of the sound design of the film is intentionally set up to kind of fuck with you. And I think Leo gives a great performance. I think all of the inmates on the island give a great performance. Uh, Michelle Williams is really good in it. Uh, I was a kid when I first saw this, and it really scared me. Uh, I watched it again recently, and it's not scary at all. But I uh, <laughs> I um yeah, so a little seven year old Joseph was a bitch. But yeah. Uh, um, yeah, Adam said it. It's The Wolf of Wall Street. I think The Wolf of Wall Street is a flat-out masterpiece. I think I, I get that it's like a film bro movie now, but it's so it that's because it's it that's because it's incredible. I I literally every time I watch this movie, I'm utterly floored by it. I think it's got some of his best sequences. That that you know that scene that Adam was referencing. You know, it's it's almost like Charlie Chaplin esque. It's 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 got this real kind of. It, this film just as you're watching it it's kind of one of those movies it's kind of you watch it and you're like yeah this is this is just one of the best movies ever made i think leo gives his best performance in this film 
Um, I was really upset. I know Matthew McConaughey was the hot choice to win that year, and I, he's great in Dallas Buyers Club, but I really wanted him to win his Oscar for this movie. I think it's such a it's such a smart film, and I think it's just it's one of those films where every single element of this film is working towards the theme that the, it's working towards the central idea that the movie is talking about. You know, this whole movie is about excess, and it's you know it's three plus hours long. It's got the most swearing in the world. It's got it's so incredibly vulgar. It's it's got so much drug use in it. It gets violent at points. It's just such a it's such a big sprawling epic, and I really don't have I I really if. You guys kept me going. I would never stop talking about this movie. I really, really, really love Wolf of Wall Street. It's definitely going to be my vote here. Um, I'll say this before we go to Dane. Like what you said about like people calling it a film bro movie, which I guess it is. But mm-hmm. I think it's funny how like a lot of the movies that film bros kind of like claim are they the don't movie. get. Yeah, yeah, they don't get. <laughs> like people, they love them for the things that the movie is trying to condemn. Mm-hmm. Like the same reason film bros love Fight Club is because of the masculinity of it, but they don't realize that. Fight Club is a statement on toxic masculinity and like mm-hmm. consumerism, and the same thing with uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Like you'll go to like a frat dude's house, he has like a Wolf of Wall Street poster, mm-hmm. or like I even know this kid who had like on his cover photo on Facebook, it was like Jordan Belfront. It's like I, I aspire to be like this guy. I'm like, no, the entire point of the mm-hmm. movie is to not be like this guy. It's like, because... did you not watch the ending of the film? Like, do you not understand? Like, because <laughs> this movie got a lot of shit when it came out because people were saying it was glorifying the film, and I was like. Yeah, if you if it was glorifying the actions, I was like, yeah, if you don't finish the movie, it's glorifying. Like you got to watch the whole fucking thing. And I yeah, think, like if you read the IMDb synopsis, maybe. But like, it's, it's one of those things. Scorsese's such a brilliant director because he kind of he leaves. He doesn't he doesn't handhold the audience. He just presents the he presents the film as it is. He presents the actions as they happen, and he lets you draw the line. He lets you know when it, he lets you decide when it stops being fun. He lets you decide when it. Because one of the things I love about this movie so much is I every time I rewatch it, it's just Jordan Belfort is just such an insidious. Like there were the the first time you watch the movie, it's such kind of a, a thrill ride film, and it's so exhilarating to watch. And there's those incredible sequences where where Leo's just giving those really outrageous speeches, and it's a really fun movie to watch. But the more the more and more you watch it, the more insidious those the scenes that were once kind of the fun highlights of the movie are really kind of super insidious and gross. There's that scene. The, the the speech where he's trying to get them to sell the Steve Steve Madden shoes he is such a scumbag in it because he's 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 convincing them to make him money you know it's just such a it's such a well done film I'll let Dane talk about it now because I, I don't want to yeah him. you but go ahead Dane I really love yeah. this movie I don't think I have nearly as many interesting things to say about it as you guys do you guys have like more passion towards this movie than I do me and Joey used to butt heads about this movie like a lot. Oh, well, I'm going to kick your fucking ass. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, you'll, you'll like where this story goes. So eventually I kind of went around and analyzed like what is objectively really great about the film. And mm-hmm. I think, Adam, you had some great things to say about how like quote unquote film boys don't necessarily know how to interpret film at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, pretty um, much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you like think about movies like, I don't know, the general ones like Fight Club or Inception that are actually statements like that are way more deep than what the basic film boys want to think that they actually are. Um, And I think this is actually a really good example of how to trick like the general audience, Mm -hmm. but also in the same light, the fact that the general audience is worth enjoying it also adds another layer to the statement that the film is actually trying to make because Scorsese probably knew that it would get viewed as something that's glorifying it or like the, his ambition would get misconstrued by the public. And I think that's another layer of Scorsese's genius. 
And um, although I'm not too high on Wolf of Wall Street, I'm also going to give my vote to it surely out of like the place and influence that it has on modern day, you know, film society that that's is something that will probably never be replicated again, at least for like another five or 10 years. Like how many people have seen that movie and fallen in love with it is something that I have to respect, even if I'm not as high on it as you guys are. So mm -hmm. that's where my vote is going. Shutter Island's okay. <laughs> so like what did you think of it before you like went around on it like I, it kinda... I i didn't have the same problems where it was like glorifying number one i thought it was way too long to begin with and i've never been into the movies that are all like about business and about the manipulation and like commodification of america and wall street in general has never really interested me like i'm so down to watch a scorsese movie about priests going to japan and like killing things <laughs> <laughs> and you know that's that's also just speaks to Scorsese's range in terms of like directorial habits like he can he has such a wide range and I think Wolf of Wall Street sits in the middle of that range but in a beautiful way you know yeah yeah totally um I, yeah, I, hear, I, don't know. I hear it get compared to kind of, I've heard a, I've seen a lot of reviews uh, when it came out comparing it was like saying that it was this generation's pulp fiction I don't know if I exactly agree with that but it is I know if for me personally, it is a very, as a, as a, as an amateur filmmaker, it is a very influential film for me. I re absolutely love this film to death. Um, yeah, I don't know if I get, I don't think I agree with the Pulp Fiction comparison because I think Pulp Fiction, while it has themes, I don't think it necessarily condemns anything. I mean, I could be mm -hmm. wrong about that, but like, mm -hmm. I don't really think, because I mean, I, to be fair, like Sam Jackson's character in that movie, he's trying to get out of the life of crime. And the movie does show the violence, but like it also very much does glorify it. Like it, it yeah. does make it seem fun. Like you can't have the soundtrack of Pulp Fiction and tell me that's not a deliberately fun movie. Mm -hmm. uh, but Wolf of Wall Street, I feel like by the end of that movie, where you see this guy who abandoned his family, mm -hmm. basically just have a model wife and car, like fast cars and a beautiful house. And then left with like nothing and no one that loves him. Like you can't tell me that that movie, like, like fetishizes that yeah. lifestyle by any means. And like it just and doesn't. Probably might be Scorsese's best ending in this film. I I I, I don't know. I, I there's some other ones on here that are really good, but this might be my favorite of his endings. I think the um, Taxi Driver ending takes that cake. And that's what King I was, I was referencing well. that. That's what I was talking. Those two are the ones I was referencing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, they're my favorite, but it might be my favorite ending. Departed's up there for me too. Like that's oh, a yeah. good one too. Fuck. God damn it, he's too good at wow. making movies. He should stop doing it. This course says he guys got some good movies. I think one of the first it? people to say that. <laughs> um. All right. I, I'm glad that we got to talk about Wolf of Wall Street because it, it really is a masterpiece, and I, I, I'm glad we got to go off about it. But boys. We do have one more pairing to do uh, before we go to the harder stuff. Um, well, actually, no, this one is pretty difficult. Um, After Hours versus The Irishman. Uh, oh, boy. Um, go for it, Adam. Do it. I, You're itching for it. I, I don't. Fuck. Okay. I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off, like I said. Um deciding live right now what my answer is because i actually kind of think these are both kind of equal uh but i'll give the advantage to the irishman um after hours is a banging movie uh as we've said many times on this pod about other movies uh i actually just saw it for the first time this week and i loved it it's kind of like his uncut gems 
mm-hmm. <laughs> which uh, it's it's a it's a really fun movie. Um, I don't know the main actor in it, but whoever he that guy is, great. Griffin Griffin Dunn is his name. Yeah, great. He he's fantastic in this movie, and he um, almost died making this movie. They almost dropped a camera on his face. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, it uh the the rig broke and it stopped right before it hit his face. That's the shot, like the shot of the camera going towards his face stops like direct, like it was like an inch from his face before it hit him. So you almost died on this movie. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's crazy. But like this, it's a great movie. It really is. It's it's very energetic. Um, it's one of his shorter movies, if I'm not mistaken. It's only like an hour forty something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Really, really fun movie. But The Irishman, and I know that's his most recent movie, but I think it has just already solidified itself as like in his top ten. Um, it is, if not a masterpiece, damn close to one. Um, I, I know on the pod, which I, what, Jackson was on for that one, right, Joe? Yeah, Jackson was on for okay. it. I, I know we were kind of clowning on that one scene where De Niro stomps on the guy as like our only issue with the movie. Which, and again, to be fair, it is a bad scene. Like we're <laughs> old De Niro stomping on him with the DCGI face, but <laughs> it's pretty bad. But that being said, that scene aside. I think the Irishman's an amazing movie. If you want to talk about amazing endings, the I the final shot of the Irishman, yeah, even though the entire third act of the Irishman is like some of the best shit that Scorsese has ever done. Like it, the tonal shift from like entertaining to like grimly depressing, like full on yeah. bleak, is a choice that could have easily failed completely. But in the hands of Scorsese, it is masterful. It is a fantastic movie. I love The Irishman. Um, I love After Hours as well, but uh, The Irishman gets my vote. Uh, so, Dane, I'll let you go next. Okay, so when The Irishman came out, I got to agree with Adam wholeheartedly. Like, the tonal shifts just kind of proved how long Scorsese was, like, had this idea brewing in his head and how much, like, thinking he really did before writing any of it down like you could tell like with each shot that he had stage pictures in his head he had you know conflicts of interest between every single character that was existing and there was so much research that had to go into this movie too because some of it's based on real life as we know and um i'm gonna agree and say that the third act of this movie is like fucking ridiculous like Mm -hmm. um the the car scene where they're all driving and i don't know if i'm allowed to like give spoilers at all i don't okay i don't when, think anyone's listened to a scorsese episode and not see the irishman okay like. yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> but when they're going to kill jimmy hoffa and there's just a, like a two or three minute shot of all of them sitting in the car and you can tell that scorsese wanted the viewers to pick out each individual character on the screen and analyze what they're thinking right now like you can look at jesse plemons J- um jimmy hoffa's son who's driving his car driving the future assassin of his father to go kill his dad. That is absolutely bonkers. And I kind of spoke about emotional tension when I was talking about Raging Bull, and I think this is like the closest example to that is um, the domestic manipulation here, because this is also a statement on family and how the like American family is kind of a myth in itself, because like there are just so many people that are close in this movie that they consider family, but they're not actually family, but people that they would literally die for. And they do. And they do. So after hours is also a pretty good movie. I just feel like ranting about the Irishman right now, but 
I like um I like your comparison, Adam, to say it's kind of like his uncut gems because it does kind of have that unrefined kind of anxiety provoking feel to it. You know, it's like that unpredictability factor is really activated there. But in like the grand scheme of like top tier filmmaking, I'm just gonna have to hand my pick to the Irish. Uh, I mean, Joey, I know we already came up with an answer, but do you want to go yeah. for yours? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much going to echo the same things you guys said. I think After Hours is really, really fun. I think it's a really fun movie. It's uh, my um, I, This is not my review for it, but somebody, uh, my uh, friend of mine, I don't know if he's a friend of the pod, but he's a friend. Um, he's a review for it on uh, Letterboxd is uh, Martin Scorsese's Coen Brothers movie. And I think it's I think that's a, a napped comparison. I think I, After Hours is super fun, but I think Irishman is just kind of not necessarily on an, uh, a different level. But I think the I definitely it's an easy pick for me for the Irishman. I think that that last thirty minutes is some of the best filmmaking he's ever done, and I think kind of what Dane was talking about when you when you see that happen, you just kind of are like, oh, this dude is just an incredible, just what a he's just such a thoughtful director, and it's it's very clear that, you know, this was a story that was important to everybody making the film, and there's just it's just I mean it's such an incredible film, and I, I the fact that he's this kind of he's he, he's an old man, you know, he's an old he's an old man. And he's still making movies like he's like he's fucking 24. And I, 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 I you know, all the performances are great. It's real again. It was really nice to see Robert De Niro and, and Al Pacino back in their prime. And you know, that fact that this is the first time Al Pacino and Robert and uh, and uh, Martin Scorsese ever worked together is kind of ridiculous. But is they it? go so well. Yeah, it's the first time they ever worked together. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's you know, it, it's such a kind of it, it it feels like his last movie i know it's not his last movie it feels like a last movie and it's kind of in the same way i want to put on time in hollywood's not tarantino's yeah. last movie but it feels like it uh and i i just think it's kind of if this was his swan song if this was his last movie it'd be it'd be i'd probably be crying i'd probably be weeping by the time the film's over and i think you know that last shot is so incredible i i really do i really love the irishman i am um, i gotta cop that crit real soon next time there's a sale <laughs> is it already out yeah it's out now Okay, yeah, I need to uh, I need to get on that. Um, all right, well, I'm glad we agreed with that one too. Um, it's more civil than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, all right, so the next it's one is... a very civil pod compared to the other ones that we've done. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, actually, yeah, way more. Uh, me and Dan were talking about that before we recorded, and I'm glad that our premonitions were right. <laughs> um, all right, so the next one... Okay, this is one where I know my answer, but I'm not happy that I have to say it. Um, it's Goodfellas versus the King Comedy. Um, Joey, you can start. Ah, this is a tough one. This is super tough. I grew up. Ah, uh, I know my answer too, but I de- I mean, I definitely know my answer, but I just, it just feels so. I feel so bad not voting for good, like voting, trying to vote Goodfellas out, because I mean, my my pick is King of Comedy, because I think King of Comedy is perfect in every way. But uh, the Goodfellas is such. It's probably it. it the would Goodfellas. You guys- the Goodfellas. Uh, would you guys? Uh, I would say that this is probably his most like iconic film. Goodfellas. I think Goodfellas is probably oh, a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, I would say right. probably his most influential film. Probably his most. Po- I think I'm, I don't know if it is his most popular film, but there's literally term- pizza chains named after this mm-hmm. movie. Like yeah, I, I've been hearing about Goodfellas my entire life. My dad, it's my dad's favorite movie, so I watch. I've seen it a bunch. There's so many incredible sequences in the film. Joe Pesci gives one of the best performances of all time. Um. The you talking to me scene, 
Oh, not you talking to me. Wait, now. what? Yeah, you I think... just I'm an idiot. You think I'm funny? Scene. Yeah, that's the scene I was talking about. I don't know why I'm. I'm such. I'm such a bad podcast host. I shouldn't be doing this. But uh, <laughs> the, the what am I? A <laughs> Are you talking to me? Yeah, are you talking? To, yeah, I haven't actually. I've actually never seen Goodfellas, but I uh, no. I think I uh, Goodfellas is such a. It's such a. I mean, it it might be the best gangster movie ever made. I don't know. I think it probably is, but it's I I'm gonna vote for King of Comedy though because I just think King of Comedy is just yeah I'll you you're hard pressed to find a movie that's better than that one so I'm gonna I, I even though I it pains my heart to not vote for Goodfellas I have to vote for King of Comedy. Um, reverse everything that Joe just said, and it's my vote for Goodfellas. Like <laughs> I, I I love King of Comedy with all my heart, both two of my favorite movies of all time, but. I got to vote for Goodfellas. Just, I mean, just like Taxi Driver, like it's Goodfellas, you know. Like, it, what am I gonna do? Not vote for it? Like it? I don't know. It's a masterpiece. I think it is easily the best gangster film of all time. Like, there's nothing even comes close. Like, there's there no one that's ever done it better than Scorsese because he set the bar so high. It mm-hmm. everyone else has just been chasing that ceiling forever. And I don't know, like, it, it's just iconic. And, again, King Comedy, I have nothing bad to say about that movie. We're literally, like, pitting masterpieces against each other right now, so it's really difficult, mm-hmm. but it's just a matter of, like, how... It, it's almost like uh, what Dane was doing earlier, like, in terms of, like, influentialness, like, in their films. And I have to just say that Goodfellas is easily, I think, Scorsese's most influential film. So for that, and my personal love for it, I'll vote for that. Um, so Dane, you are the tiebreaker for this one. The first tiebreaker of the podcast episode. Wow, wow. Okay, so um, I know I was talking about influence earlier on, and I think if I was gonna just abide by that same philosophy, I would still pick Goodfellas. But I'm gonna vote for King of Comedy. Whoa, and, whoa. And, uh, yeah, I know. I, I yeah, didn't want to just wait. drop that bomb real quick. But, okay, so, yes, Goodfellas might just be the best gangster movie of all time. But when I first saw Goodfellas for the first time, I, I, it met my expectation. I, it satisfied everything that I was looking for in the movie that I had heard about. However, when I watched King of Comedy, I was fucking blown away. So, um, and can we talk about the visual aesthetics of King of Comedy? I can hear Adam, like, crying I, right I, now. I, I, <laughs> I can hear Adam out right now. <laughs> it's kind of making it hard to focus. I'm trying to explain myself. Um, okay, so the visual aesthetics in King of Comedy is probably his best like artistic arrangement. I feel like he was the most thoughtful in terms of color designs and lighting and um, things like that. But in terms of integrating different forms of cinema, I think this is one of his most innovative because he's not only making a movie about stand-up comedy, not only making a movie about reality talk shows, not only making a movie about movies, but he's doing all of those things together. And that opened up the gate, that opened up the pathway for all of the movies that we know now that have somewhat mimicked it. So if we're really talking about influence here, I think I have to give my vote to King of Comedy. Uh, uh, I, I voted for it too, Adam, so... <laughs> I, Damn, I, I think you broke I, Adam, Dane. I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> You're telling me we're doing a Scorsese bracket. Yes. And Goodfellas didn't make it to the final two? I'm telling you, King of Comedy is a better movie than Goodfellas. 
I think King of Comedy is a better movie than Goodfellas as well. I mean, the funny thing is that it's not, but uh, it, it, it's okay. I, 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 I don't know what I've come to expect anymore mm-hmm. from this, this is, I, I, I'm aware that this is a... I, Dane and I happen to agree on this. I am aware that it's a hot take. I, 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 like, the thing is, I expect this from you, Joey. I just thought more of Dane. Like, I... <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel better, I thought more of you too. I thought you'd be a little bit more accepting of your friends' opinions. <laughs> I it's not so much that I'm angry, I'm just shocked. Like but I don't blame you for being shocked, man, but you got to understand people that are like me and Joey. And me and Joey have a very similar sense of humor. There were many moments where I was like laughing out of straight absurdity from King of Comedy. Like, also, there, like, there are moments in King of Comedy that aren't outright funny, but that are so absurd and surreal that it, you have to laugh. They don't give you a choice. And I, I think it's 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 a, such a. I just love how fucking cynical the movie. It's just such a. He's so he's he is he is not kind to Rupert Pumpkin whatsoever. It's I've never <laughs> seen. Roger Roger Ebert has a really great review about this where he's like, usually you kind of have to, the directors will kind of try to like understand, like kind of sympathize with the characters, but it's very clear that Martin Scorsese is not, does not have a high opinion of Rupert Pumpkin. And it's such an, it's it's a character, it's such a negative character study. It's such a unique film in that way where it's a, it's a character study that does not sympathize with the character at all. We see Rupert Pumpkin kind of living kind of this miserable life. But it's like he's such a he lives in his own world, and I think the brilliant thing about King of Comedy is the and the, the scary thing about King of Comedy is when you watch it, you fucking ident you that everybody who watches this movie at one point it's a, not entirely maybe even halfway, but like there is something about Rupert Pumpkin that everybody can relate to. And there's so many facets to that. That is such a his, that the character of Rupert Pumpkin is so three dimensional, and it's it makes you uncomfortable. I'm watching the movie and he says things, and I'm like, I kind of know what he's talking about, and it make it makes me feel bad. I'm like, fuck, right. I'm relating to this this fucking morally bankrupt narcissist you know and it's this also it's a martin scorsese movie about stand-up comedy how am i how am i gonna vote against that you know exactly and his jokes are hilarious his yeah, jokes he's a are comedian. really funny he's a really and, he's a funny comedian he does a good job at the end. that's why the viewers have to suffer through this because it resonates with anyone who's ever tried to be funny at all and this mm-hmm. movie packs enough of a punch to make you laugh and feel shitty about yourself and rupert pumpkin at the same time and i think dane and i both uh in the in the back of our have a have a have a have a small but noticeable part of us that wants to try stand up. So we're both mm-hmm. kind. Of, I think we can both relate to the film very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna Sorry, say like uh, sometimes funny but just bad at promo is Joe's life story. Mm-hmm. Damn, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Um, I'll kill I, you right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not upset. I think I'm just was shocked. Is all. Um, again, I give King Comedy ten out of ten. I don't want to. I don't want to make it seem like I'm hating on that movie. I'm not. I think I'm just surprised. I mean, I, then again, it happens every episode where I think I know where it's gonna go, <laughs> and it just doesn't happen. And no matter how far we get into the episode, it always happens. So I think I gotta just be prepared. I gotta think. I, I think you just have to not expect things to happen anymore, mm-hmm. and then I'll be like okay to go. But I'm not you know upset. I, I just think I needed like a revival. Like I needed to like a, a shock to my system to to get back in. There's a really old quote that I think says, you know, even if Goodfellas is a really good movie, the King of Comedy is just a little bit better. I don't know oh, who okay. said that. I don't know who said that. It might have been Gandhi uh, said it. Gandhi or uh, jo- Joseph Salamone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I think I, I think I think Gandhi took that from me actually. Oh okay. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um. Okay. Well. Uh. <laughs> I mean, you you guys did it. I mean, <laughs> it's there. So uh, from can comedy, we move on to the Wolf of Wall Street versus the Irishman. Um. Actually, you know what, Dane? I'll go with you because I'm kind of curious where you fall with this one. Okay. Um. Yeah. So. I didn't think either of these movies were really perfect, and I think you guys both gave both of these a 10 out of 10, right? I don't um, have Irishman at a 10 out of 10, but I have they're, 10 out of 10. Yeah, I think they're both 10 out of 10s for me. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you guys probably have some some hot, spicy takes for it, but um, I probably have Wolf of Wall Street sitting pretty at like, about an 8 at this point, and I'd give Irishman about a 9. So I think it's just kind of a subjective thing for me at this point. Like like we were talking about earlier, there's so many things to admire in The Wolf of Wall Street. Like that narrative arc and how Scorsese is aware of how the movie is going to come off to the general public is really ingenious. But I just think even given that, there's just a bit more to dissect than The Irishman. And I feel like that they're very different films. You know, one is like a statement on what it means to be a mob boss and like what it means to be in a family and torn between two walks of life when you don't even know where you stand in either of those lives. And then one to me is like just about a businessman who's kind of fucked up. And I mean, that's like a major like reduction of what that movie is. Cause obviously it's so much more, but for those reasons, I'm going to give my vote to the Irishman do as you will to destroy me. <laughs> uh, Joey go next. Um, I disagree with Dane on that one. I'm going to vote Wolf Wall Street on here. I think Irishman... I actually think Irishman and Wolf of Wall Street... I like Wolf of Wall Street uh, I probably significantly more than I like The Irishman, but I think the... Uh, look, Wolf of Wall Street is a top ten movies for me. Uh, and I, uh, But The Irishman is a really kind of... Uh, I, I think they're pretty equal in terms of, like, kind of the way they kind of approach their themes. Uh, it kind of... They very much feel like they're... I mean, all these movies feel like Martin Scorsese movies, but these two in particular feel very Martin Scorsese to me. Um, I really love that he's able... That's kind of a test. I didn't kind of point out they're kind of... Irishman is kind of such a... There's so much going on in The Irishman. There's so many kind of different themes. And I think Wolf of Wall Street is a... Kind of has the kind of an overarching theme, this idea of kind of what greed and capitalism and, you know, what it means to be an American. And I think the, 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 the Wolf of Wall Street for me, just kind of just, I just, like I said this earlier and it just blows my mind. I said this earlier, but it really blows my mind every time I watch it. Like every single choice made in this movie down to the costuming is meant to kind of push forward this idea. And it's just such a, I mean, I think the Wolf of Wall Street is just an absolutely brilliant film. And it really, I mean, I, it kind of it blew me away the first time I saw it, and I just haven't I have never been able to stop thinking about it, and I I, I, I love it to death. But I think I just saw I, I I'll definitely it's an easy is an easy choice for me, but I think Irishman is a great film. Wait, so wait, what did you pick? I picked Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, okay, because you ended it with Wolf or with Irishman, so I was kind of I thought that's where you're going, but I was making sure. Um, okay, so I guess it's in my hands now. Um. Fuck. Uh, okay. So this is what happens when we get down to the like tiebreaker, and I still don't know what I'm gonna pick. Because mm-hmm. uh, like I told Dane, I, I gave both of these movies ten out of ten. They're they're both perfect in my eyes. Um, I think Scorsese, uh, his last three movies, all bangers. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he isn't missing a beat. The Irishman is incredible on every level. 
Like, I don't think there's any flaw with that movie. I mean, even though I'm taking the stomping scene out of it, like, it's it's mm-hmm. just a, it's a perfect movie. Um, but I, I'll push back a little bit on what Dane said. And I know he said it. he's not trying to reduce the film just to one single theme. But I do think there is more to dissect about it being, not just, like, him being a greedy businessman. I think it, like, it genuinely goes deep into the idea of, like, what money does to people and how that, uh, mm-hmm. is now the principle over like how we grew up on the principles of family mm-hmm. and like health and all these different and like politics and things um and now like in a consumerism era like you mm-hmm. are just consumed by money and you are just chasing the dollar mm-hmm. and how that can completely um demoralize you as mm-hmm. a human being and i think it's fascinating like it's not just like a Oh, he's he fucked up. Like it's it, there's, and I know you're not saying that, Dane, but like yeah, yeah, what it could have been in a in the hands of a less skilled director, mm-hmm. um, and what Scorsese does with it, while also just like The Departed, like making it a wildly entertaining movie, is truly also something special. This movie's fucking funny. This is such a funny oh, yeah. fucking. Movie. Jonah it's Hill. Funny. I know we talked about it earlier, but that scene when he's uh when him and uh fucking uh what is his name John Bernthal. When oh. they're, uh, Jonah Hill and John Bernthal are exchanging the money, and he's like, are you trying to kiss me right now? Like, do you like me? Like, it's genuinely hilarious. It's as funny as any comedy, you know? Yeah. I think Thomas Middleditch shows up out of nowhere, too. <laughs> <laughs> Spike Jones is in the movie for no reason. It's great. <laughs> I think Margot Robbie gives one of the best line deliveries of all time with, who, who, who? What are you, a fucking owl? Like, I think <laughs> it's, there's literally, I don't think there's anything wrong with Wolf of Wall Street. Like, that, that movie's a banger. It's three hours, and I could watch that, like, once a week, and I wouldn't get tired of it. Um, and it's not because it's a bro movie, and it's not because it's, like, I don't know. Like, I think I, we already went to the whole bro movie thing and, like, how film bros don't really understand it, even though they love it. I just could, it's, like, kind of like the social network for me, where it's, like, so perfect that I could just get entertainment from seeing a masterpiece play out each week. Like, I don't know. And I think you guys might disagree with me when compared to The King and Comedy, but I think it is his funniest movie to date. Like, I, some of the comedic timing in The Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. especially from actors like Leo, who are, don't get me wrong, obviously phenomenal actors, but I'm surprised how fucking funny he is in that movie, mm-hmm. given that he doesn't really do comedy that often. But and his comedic timing is dance perfect. like a motherfucker. Oh, you know, his dance just... scene's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's Wolf of Wall Street for me. But, um, Wolf, I mean, The Irishman, I'm... I mean, I'm glad it got as far as it did. I wish it got a little bit further, but it, it's still a masterpiece. But, yeah. Is this our so, first hashtag pour one out? Yeah, <laughs> yeah pour one out for the... Uh, well, for, for Goodfellas and The Irishman, I think, at this yeah, point. Yeah, actually... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really said fuck all of Martin Scorsese's mob movies, huh? Yeah, I was gonna say like I, I that's not how I expected to go. We're this is the mob director, and we are just saying fuck the mob yeah. movies. Um, well, I think that transition to me talking about his funniest movie is a good way to tra- transition into like The Wolf of Wall Street v King of Comedy. Um, oh my Dane, God. I'll let you tra- uh, start with this one. Okay, so um, I've kind of been open about my slight skepticism involving Wolf of Wall Street and uh, the flaws that I see in it. And although I don't think that drags the movie down too, too much, I think King of Comedy is a 10 out of 10 flawless film. And um, you guys can say what you want and I'll always respect it, but I'm going to give my vote to King of Comedy. Um, I am going to vote for Wolf of Wall Street because I, 
I don't know, man. Like, I again, both 10 out of 10s for me. I think they're both banging movies. I just, there's something about The Wolf of Wall Street that always has me coming back to it. Um, maybe it's because I just saw it at the perfect age. I saw it in theaters when I was 16, and it just, that was the perfect age to see that movie in theaters, I think. Uh, and it's just always stuck with me. Uh, but it holds up every time I rewatch it, and I... Truly nothing wrong with it. Also nothing wrong with King Comedy. I just think it's a hair better. Um, so Joey, I'll go to you. I know. This I mean, is these tough are like for Joe. This is, oh my god. My brain yeah. is is I. This is legitimate. These are like <laughs> these are my movie. Like these are my two best friends. You're asking me to pick what my favorite parent is. It like I'm like shaking physically right now just because these are. <laughs> I had I, you go last for this exact reason. But how do you pick between? The best movies ever. How do you do that? How are you supposed to pick? This is this is impossible. <laughs> I, uh, I, I love these movies so I could talk about both of these forever, but I think it's you're asking me which is the better ten out of ten, and I think in my heart there's because I I want to go. There's just something about what movie but there's something about both of these movies that are just like fuck like yes but i just like I, crying right now i am i i, I say actually, what's in your heart joe I what is your what heart telling is, you but like my, i know what my vote is like i i have my vote like i know my vote i knew the because i knew it was going to come to this so i kind of was thinking about it i just don't i have my vote i don't want to say it because i don't want to vote the other one out but i'm gonna have to go with the uh, I think I'm going to shock Adam here. I'm going to go with the King of Comedy on this one. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> I just think the King of Comedy, it, it's just such a, it's such a, like, because there are, like, 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 Wolf of Wall Street is a 10 out of 10 masterpiece, but the King of Comedy is, like, perfect. Like, there's legit, like, ah, but Wolf of Wall Street's also perfect, but the King of Comedy is just such a, he, he just does so, he, he's able to do it's such a that film it's he's just so much in that movie and it's such a i love the it's such a ferocious film it's so funny the performances are so great it's so sharp the visual storytelling in that film is absolutely amazing the opening the, the opening of that film is probably my favorite opening to any of the scorsese films like the cut to the cut to the title is 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 is, is a fucking phenomenal filmmaking that one shot of just the hands on the window that's the entire fucking movie that's the whole movie yeah. it's just people trying to claw their and what he's able and the same way that the wolf of wall street talks about greed and excess and and just consuming you know uh king of comedy talks about you know ambition and and fame and kind of the just how insidious you know the, the desire to be famous can be and kind of how consuming celebrity culture is and what celeb and kind of that celebrity worship. And this film is, 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 is so much more relevant now than it was when it came out. It's such a, it's such a film that's ahead of its time. It's, it, you know, I think ultimately the reason I'm giving the edge to is if I think if, if I could steal a movie and like put my name on it, I would steal the King of comedy and put my name on it. Cause I think it's absolutely incredible. And I, this is such a heartbreaking decision. I know Adam's going to tell me I'm a loser, but I, I no, just... I wouldn't say that. I although I, I gotta say what you just said about you wanting to steal the movie, I 110% understand this because this is a Joseph Salamone movie. If I've ever <laughs> seen one, I get it. 
I uh, it's this is so this is literally the most this is like the toughest decision I've ever had to make in my entire life. Just wait okay. for what's coming right after this. Yeah, just wait for the <laughs> next one. Oh my god, these are because these are my. I mean, I won't say actually. Never mind. I want to keep my next vote a secret. But uh, yeah, let's move on to the next one, I guess. Um. Well, with that being said, Joey, you can go first. Ah. So. Taxi okay. driver versus king of comedy. Yeah, oh taxi driver god. versus king of comedy. This is uh, oh my god. This is, it. This, this is our end game. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, King of Comedy, and Taxi Driver are my top three Scorsese films. So I'm glad. I mean, this was a good epic for me in terms of output, but I'm gonna give the. I mean, I, my vote's King of Comedy. I, I, it's, Jesus uh, Christ. I can't. I mean, voting against Taxi Driver seems sacrilegious to a film bro, but I think. I don't know, uh, but it's Taxi Driver. But no, it's the King of Comedy. I just the King of Comedy is just like I could say so much about it. I, I it's one of those movies that I don't like talking about because I feel like I don't like I feel like I I can I can talk about Wolf of Wall Street and I can talk about Taxi Driver. I can I can say what's so amazing about it. But King of Comedy, I I don't like talking about it just because I feel like I'm gonna undersell the movie or I'm not gonna describe right. the movie in its full glory because it's such a I was genuinely speechless. Like when I finished the movie the first time, I was speechless. I was absolutely floored by the film. I think this might be his best ending, and I, I think it kind of. I honestly think it does the Taxi Driver ending better than Taxi Driver does it. I I I don't. Adam's gonna cut my legs off, but I just I don't know. King of Comedy. It's a Joseph Salmoni movie. It's a Dane Futrell movie. It's a it's an everybody movie. So that's why I'm gonna vote for the King of Comedy. Oh, so Adam, you go next um okay thanks for your permission um yeah uh i mean what is there to say really like i don't know like again i'm glad you guys got the king of comedy as far as you guys got it um genuinely that's no shade I, i'm glad you proved me wrong you, you flipped my expectations upside down you got it to the final round but joe you're smoking dick it's 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 taxi driver like it's it's his most like 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 you broke my brain like it's taxi driver like De Niro's like all time performance like everything about this movie is still dissected today like there are people like still studying this movie in film classes because there's so much to unpack about like how it handles like mental illness and trauma and PTSD and just like I think there's genuinely themes about like consumerism and how people, even though they're traumatized and mentally unstable, are supposed to uh, function in a capitalist society. And it's an incredible, perfect masterpiece. Um, I think there's literally nothing wrong with uh, with uh, was that you, Joe? No, that's not. Is that Dane? Oh. What? <laughs> Nothing. Never mind. I thought Joe was like heavy breathing into the mic or something because yeah. <laughs> he was angry at me. Um, but no, uh, Taxi Driver. Uh, again, the King Comedy also a masterpiece. I know it might seem like I'm hating on King Comedy. I'm really not. I love that movie. I had the same reaction Joe did when it ended. I just don't put it as like I don't think it's my number one. Like it's probably my number like five or four. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like Taxi Driver is like. It's not even my number one, but it's it's up there, and I think it's a masterpiece as well. So Taxi Driver's my pick. Uh, so Dane, uh, 
I have no idea where you're going with this. Uh, so you, the power is in your hands, buddy. It's all you. All have. right. All right. So let's let's see if I can deliver my opinion in a way that makes sense to both of you guys. So, like Adam said, Taxi Driver is a film that is consistently analyzed in film classes. Its influence is heard all around the world. It's known internationally as probably the best American film in terms of script, in terms of character development, and in terms of studying. And I mean, that's something that I can definitely settle for as being one of the best movies of all time. Definitely one of Robert De Niro's best performances. King of Comedy, on the other hand, I think is Robert De Niro's best performance. And I think Martin Scorsese's most informed and most honest, most true, and most vulnerable movie that he's ever made. And that is more of a statement on fame than anything else. And in terms of acting, Robert De Niro, I think this is Robert De Niro's best performance of all time. And my final decision is going to rest on the fact that in Taxi Driver, there are about, I'd say, two scenes that aren't perfect. And I think every single scene in King of Comedy is perfect. So I'm going to vote for King of Comedy, and that is my vote. I mean, you guys fucking did it. I mean, what do you want me to fucking say? You, you guys did it. You, uh, you, I, I can't even be mad because you fucking did it. Like, in previous episodes, I killed <laughs> Joseph Salamone and he got resurrected. Uh, the whole A24 debacle, I think, was worse than this. And, um, I don't know, what was the, oh, the PT episode was just idiotic, <laughs> quite frankly. But, I mean, I can't even be mad about this. You guys, you, it's your favorite movie. You guys are more passionate about it than I am, even about my favorite Scorsese movie. So I can't be upset. I'm glad it won. I really am, because you, you guys are so passionate about it that it makes me happy that you guys got it. So uh, I, that, I that is such, that is such <laughs> a, like, a much more warm welcome than I really expected. <laughs> I was scared, because I knew, because Dane and I, I knew that this was Dane's favorite, and I knew that this was my favorite Scorsese. Oh, movie. okay. I didn't so know I either. was like, okay. oh, Adam's going to kill us, but this is such a nice ending to this podcast. <laughs> no, I mean, don't get me wrong. I fundamentally disagree with it on every level <laughs> but but you guys are so happy about it again I, I feel like i have to clarify this 80 billion times in one night i love the king of comedy not talking shit i'm just surprised you guys love it even more than some of these other movies that's and it wasn't even shock because i was like oh how could you vote for king of comedy it was just shock because i was like wow you're really voting for it of, over this other masterpiece but you guys explained it very well, and I understand it now. And if anything, you just make me want to watch it again. Uh, so I love it even more than I already do. So. For the record, as soon as I started talking about what my opinion would be, Joseph texted me saying, dunk on him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then, okay. In that case, then. <laughs> no, I think Joseph could just kind of pick up from, like, what my final decision was going to be. And I could kind of sense what Joe is saying, like, as, as we were struggling with the earlier picks. But there are just so many parts of King of Comedy that blew me the fuck away. And all the other movies had met my expectations, blown me away, but not to the same extent that King of Comedy does. Like 15 minutes of that movie are improvised, like completely improvised dialogue and everything. It's just so good. I think, I mean, I, I said earlier, um, or like in a few segments ago, that I, uh, Taxi Driver and King of Comedy aren't even my top two, like, 
Scorsese. I think Goodfellas is my favorite Scorsese movie. So that's why my reaction was what it was when that got voted out so early. And Goodfellas is my favorite because, and I didn't want to say that when we were voting on it because I didn't want to give it away because it went further. Um, but it's my favorite just because I feel like every time I watch that movie, and even though it's a it's a mob story, you know how it ends, but there's something about it that surprises me on even every rewatch, even 10 years later after I've seen it, you know? Like, there's something about that movie that subverts my expectations or just a directorial choice that just, I don't know, like, I, that just totally satisfies me every time I watch it. And I don't know. I just think it's his most accomplished film. But, I mean, Taxi Driver, I would argue, is maybe his, like, most perfected film on just, like, a technical level. So, and then, then again, I think King Comedy might be his most entertaining movie. So... I don't know. I, I feel like there's no wrong answer other than like Cape Fear or something. <laughs> like there's really nothing. There's no bad pick here. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just think King of Comedy for me is just I mean, it's I mean, it was it, the whole time I knew it was my favorite pick. Uh, it's really Wolf of Wall Street and King of Comedy. It's really, really tough for me to decide, uh, even though I do give the hair to, to King of Comedy. I just think. I think King of Comedy is just uh, incredibly underrated. Uh, I think it's kind of, with Joker coming out, I think it's gotten definitely more attention. But I think it's, you know, it flopped when it came out. No, it got terrible reviews when it came out. It was kind of a, it kind of almost derailed both of their careers. Um, but I just think King of Comedy, I when you watch it, because nobody talks about it. And I think I, every, every time I watch it, it blows me away. But that first viewing of King of Comedy, I will never forget. Because you watch, I'm like, oh, this is a Scorsese film with De Niro. Let me watch it. And then you watch it, and it's my favorite one? What the fuck? Like, where did that come from? Like, where did this fucking movie come from? Where's this been all my life? And I I wish, I think it, I think it deserves the same kind of analysis that, like, Taxi Driver or or Wolf of Wall Street had, have gotten, you know, in the sense that it's such a, he's just, I mean, he's just such a good, he's, he's, He's so good at direct. He's kind of got the PTA thing where he's so good at directing it pisses me off. I'm like, how can like, like I think Wolf of Wall Street, like I could people made that. Like I could see people came together to make that. But with King of Comedy, it just seems like every single turn, every, at every single turn, it was just perfect. Like every decision they made was perfect. The costuming is perfect. It's fucking funny as fuck. Jerry Lewis is great in the film. It's just, I don't know, man. If you haven't seen a King of Comedy, it's on YouTube for free. So check it out. Um, oh, wait, is it? Yeah, last time I checked it was, at least. Oh, wow. Okay, that's a that's a good find. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll say this uh, before we close up. Um, if anything, uh, other than you guys getting your vote, which I'm happy about, but also if anyone listens to this, like, listens to this pod and they just haven't, for some reason, seen King and Comedy, because they think it might be Lester Scorsese, and then it wins the bracket, and then they're like, oh, I should probably go see it, then I'm happy it won, because people, more people should see it, because it, it really is a masterpiece. Um... So genuinely, I'm happy for you guys. It was a fun bracket, even though we uh, we got a little bit heated at points. I had a good time. Uh, so Dane, thank you for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. The, like the amount of humility and just like the cordiality of this episode makes me so happy that uh, you guys picked me for this one because I expected this to be another bloodbath, and it kind of was toward the end, but not all the way through like it was the other times. <laughs> so, so yeah, I very much appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, yeah, is there anywhere uh, people could find you online? 
Yeah, find me on Letterboxd and Twitter, Daputro51. Me and Joey just wrote a short film together, and he'll tell you all about that in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Dane and I wrote a short film together, and that's it. No, uh, we wrote a short film together. Uh, I'm very proud of the script. I think I – I, I, I mean, I won't, not judging for Dane. I think I had a, good, a lot of really good time writing it. I'm really excited to, to get it made. Uh, we're trying to get it shot. Hopefully, uh, health-wise, things are a little bit better uh, by the end of the year, beginning of next, that's kind of when we'll be planning to shoot it. Um, we have sp- uh, a short film uh, that we shot uh, kind of within the guidelines of uh, COVID safety uh, coming out pretty soon called Spike. And then maybe if I don't get uh, arrested tomorrow, there might be something else coming out too. <laughs> Wait, so are you, I don't want to spoil what it is, but are you recording what you're doing tomorrow? Yes, I am recording what I'm doing tomorrow. Thank God, because <laughs> I, I have to be in on this. Uh Okay. I mean, where can everyone find you online, buddy? Uh, you can find me at Joseph underscore Salamone on most platforms. And you can find and check out the Aggressively OK Productions Twitter uh, uh, YouTube channel. There might be some stuff coming soon. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing, we're doing a revamp of the uh, Aggressively OK Productions uh, to, like social medias. And so we'll get some stuff out. And uh, we might have, I can send you the stills, Adam. I haven't showed you the stills from Spike yet. I'll send you, the new movie's called Spike. Uh, and I can, I, if you both haven't seen it, I'll send them to you. And if, I mean, I'm, I'm a board member of AOK now. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I'll show you, I'll it. send you the lineup and everything. We have to do a business meeting then. And uh, I, Dane, have you seen them yet or no? No, I haven't. But I I'm a, I'm you, a good too. friend of everyone at AOK. So mm-hmm. if I could. You're part of could... AOK, bro. What are you talking about? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, we own stocks now. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you want to see the stills, just message me and I'll send them to you. I don't want to officially release them yet because the edit's not done, but I can show them to you. So. Except Zach Perry. He's not allowed to see it. Yeah, fuck Zach Perry. Uh, well, I want to go that far, but... Um, all right. So, That's only for Republicans. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yikes, is all I can say. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter and now letterboxd since i owe like i uh paid for pro and i changed Ooh. my username finally both at adam uh not sandler thank god i finally have two socials that are the same um and you can also find me on my other podcast uh the zillennial canon uh we are doing a spooky month this week we just did a scream this past week and i guess i can spoil what next week is we're doing the 2002 classic scooby-doo so nice nice yeah uh so it's gonna be a two weeks straight of matthew lillard uh going crazy um so yeah uh until next time gamers keep gaming keep quarantining wear a mask be smart be safe uh don't yell at each other about scorsese movies like we do just just enjoy your day you know uh so until next time bye bye Thank you.